Hello and welcome to the Tax Bite BDO's tax podcast for the UAE. My name is Brian Conn and I'm joined by Ashish Atavali. Hi Ashish. Hi Brian. Today we're going to be talking uh, again about corporate tax. This is the latest in our series of podcasts on corporate tax. Today we're going to be talking about tax groups. Um, Now, tax groups, let's dive into that subject. Sounds very like VAT, uh, where again, you're entitled to uh, form a a tax group. Um, Ashish, is it the same set of rules for corporate tax and VAT? Yeah, uh, Brian. So, uh, you know, this is a question that we are getting from most of the clients, uh, you know, whom we are speaking to. And the answer to that is unfortunately no. Uh, From a VAT perspective, you know, the conditions or the relaxations which prevailed for you to form a tax group, unfortunately are not the same from a corporate tax perspective. And just to maybe put it in short, right at the start, I mean, the conditions prescribed in the federal decree law for corporate tax seem to be pretty much stringent than compared to VAT. Okay, well, we'll look at those conditions in detail in a second or two. Uh, The most important thing is um, what are the the advantages of forming a a tax group? Why, Why on earth would anybody want to do it. So um, one thing that is fairly similar to to, to VAT is that um, I think this means that there will be one tax registration um, for corporate tax for the, the entire group and also there will be one tax return. Do we have any other advantages other than that? Uh, That's right, Brian. So this point, of course, is uh, similar to that of the VAT group uh, where, where, uh, you know, there could be a leeway to file or, uh, you know, start with one CT registration and uh, proceed on to filings. And as we have seen in the VAT regime, that if there is an audit, that also will be done at the group level. So similarly for the corporate tax, we believe uh, you know the similar concept will be there. Now, what we need to uh, you know look at and evaluate as the cabinet decisions are progressing is the aspect that whether uh, you know the FTA will allow a consolidated financial statements supporting the financials of the corporate tax group. Uh, well, this answer may not be there right upfront, but uh, what it looks like that the requirement to, uh, to have standalone financials may still be there, but maybe uh, you know there could be relaxations when we go for the corporate tax filing. But this is a perceived a benefit, okay, it doesn't look like that it is being codified as a part of the law uh, presently. Then the next one, which is uh, pretty much similar to that we have from a VAT perspective, 
that if the concept of transfer pricing is applicable at the domestic level, which it is from the reading of the corporate tax law perspective, it looks like that the related party transactions, at least at the domestic level uh, between the, I mean, the businesses which are forming part of the CT group could be looked at with some degree of leniency. But uh, whether we have a hundred percent conformity on that aspect as well, I would say we need to wait and watch uh, this space. So if you ask me, these are the three uh, major pros we have uh, from a corporate tax grouping uh, perspective. And uh, let's see that whether any any further uh, you know uh, come out as the cabinet decisions are. Published in in the due course. Yeah, I think um, this is another one of those areas where there are still a few things to to be clarified. Um, but we're certainly getting a, a good good impression of um, what's going to happen. I, I definitely agree that the on the transfer pricing side of things, because um, you're looking at the the tax group as if it was a single entity, um, then it shouldn't really matter. Uh, what sort of value um, transactions between those entities uh, are carried out at. So I would expect, as you say, much more leniency on the, the transfer pricing side of things. But um, we'll have to wait and see. So we shouldn't take anything like that for granted. Now, in terms of the conditions for um, grouping, um, these are, there is obviously need to be members of a, a corporate group. Uh, but what are the, the detailed um requirements? Well, uh, the first and the foremost is to do with, uh, you know, the shareholding, okay, which is the crucial one. So here, uh, you know, what does the law say that uh, that the shareholding should be 95% or more directly, or, um, you know, it can be indirectly also. And this a concept of having 95% shareholding or more common translates into the aspect of having 95% voting rights or or if uh, you know the parent is entitled uh, to a 95% share of I mean the profits but the highlight over here is that there should be a common shareholding of 95% or more and while i have used that word uh, you know, while going through the 95%, that there should be a relationship of a parent and a subsidiary over here, which is very unique to the concept of the corporate tax group. What we have observed in, you know, a VAT regime that if there were several subsidiaries of a holding company, which is, say, based outside of the UAE, then the subsidiaries within the UAE. Uh, where the common shareholding was tying back to the parent outside of the UAE, the subsidiaries within UAE were allowed to form a tax group. But from a corporate tax side, this option does not seem to be available. And it looks like that it will be available uh, only in case if the holding company, in my example, was also located in the UAE. So, uh, you know, uh, this is one of the major 
I mean, the conditions that we have observed and they look a little restrictive than, you know, what it was from a VAT perspective in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that that's a much more uh, restrictive set of tests than VAT and it puts paid to any suggestion that um, this is this is like VAT. So I won't even raise that again. Um, clearly, it's a it's a very, very different uh, type of thing. Now, uh, there's also restrictions on the type of um, companies that, that can join. They, you can't have a, um, an exempt, uh, a tax exempt company in the group or a, a free zone company that, that earns qualifying income in the group, can you? So it's, it's much more um, restrictive in terms of uh, the membership of those those groups. So it, it might be a good thing um, to, to be able to form a group, but it's, it's not always going to be easy for, for all uh, groups of companies, is it? That's right, Brian. Um, you know, what we have observed is that, uh, you know, specifically from a UAE I mean, the perspective, given how the legal and the regulatory uh, landscape was there in, in the past and uh, which is also evolving now. But usually the structures for the businesses which are outside of the UAE and set up in, in the UAE are by way of a foreign branch. Now, from the reading of the corporate tax law, it appears that the foreign branch will be considered as a non-resident. Now, if that happens, which means that if the same uh, parent or the group outside of the UAE has a limited liability company in, in the mainland and this uh, foreign branch, it looks like that the branch cannot form a part uh, of the corporate tax group, which includes an LLC and a foreign branch. So uh, what we need to look at is that what is the uh, you know, status in terms of the residency from the presence uh, perspective and whether this will be a permanent establishment or whether it, it will be a branch in the UAE mainland, it looks like that both of these qualify as non-residents. So uh, this is a very key aspect and, uh, uh, you know, uh, as you would know that uh, most of the businesses in the UAE have started receiving emails from the FTA uh, to commence with the corporate tax registration, this evaluation is very important that forming a group makes sense or no at this point of time. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's it's a question of whether it makes sense and, and whether the group qualifies anyway with all of those conditions. And, and one of the things to, to bear in mind, um, uh, there are disadvantages uh, or there could be in some circumstances to forming a, uh, a tax group. And, and for example, the, the, the threshold, the 375,000 dirham threshold for paying the tax at, at 9%, um, once you've got a tax group, that applies to the group as a whole. Um, rather than the individual entities. So you could actually end up with a with uh, a number of companies that if they were treated separately would actually all fall below the threshold, but you put them together and the profits fall above the threshold and they're paying tax. So um, there's a lot of things to, to consider before 
making that decision and um, comes back to what we've said before there's limited time really for people to do that so people should get on with that now because as you say the registration process has already started that's right and uh, brian you uh, specifically uh, touched upon one aspect that what if one of the i mean the companies that uh, seeks to form a corporate tax group is in the free zone or having a tax exempted status this will further disqualify uh, you know that company to form a part of the tax group now looking at this there could be certain restructuring avenues available as well because what we have observed is that from a typical uae structure uh, perspective there is a holding company which is most likely to be set up in the free zone and the holding company has a couple of operating subsidiaries in the uae mainland where the holding company is a 100% sh shareholder in in such a situation as the holding company is most likely to be not subjected to corporate tax being a qualifying free zone person these mainland subsidiaries of the holding company which is located in uae free zone cannot form a corporate tax group so it it may be a little premature but worthwhile to evaluate whether it makes sense to uh, you know set up the holding company within the ua mainland than with the free zone that's one option or maybe uh, we can look at evaluating whether uh, you know the qualifying uh, free zone person elects to be subjected to corporate tax so this is just uh, you know one of the examples uh, that uh, you know we have come across in terms of restructuring which could be associated uh, to forming of a corporate tax group yeah it's a, it's a good example of um, the sort of things that that might come into consideration and um, that question um, about when might someone um, take the option to um, not be um exempt under the, the the free zone rules people have asked that several times and that's a good example of, of where they might not in order to facilitate a tax group of some sort so uh, there's there's as we keep saying a lot of things to to take into account there before we finish i i wanted to just touch on those groups um that don't actually qualify to form a tax group or don't want to form a tax group. There are, even so, um, one or two group reliefs uh, available under the, the CT law. Um, I don't know if you wanted to just um, outline those reliefs very briefly, Ashish. Sure, sure, Brian. So, you know, we have observed that there are a couple of questions or maybe a certain amount of uh, you know I means of confusion uh, between what does a qualifying group mean and what does a corporate tax group mean so if you look at the corporate tax law okay these two concepts are being separately covered into distinct articles of the law and they do not commingle so qualifying group in literal sense means that there will be separate corporate tax registrations okay but if the shareholding is 75 percent or more in common or 
voting is there and all other conditions as we discussed for CT group. If, but here the, uh, you know, the percentage relaxes from 95% to 75%. But this does not mean that you get to file a CT return as one. This means that the return filing still will be separate. But when you go to the payment of taxes, there could be an option to set off losses amongst your group. So uh, from a compliance perspective, these will be independent separate returns uh, filed by each and every company. But there could be relaxation in terms of offsetting the tax losses in one company against the tax profits of other. So this in, in the, uh, you know, uh, means the true sense this may be called as fiscal unity. Uh, this does not give you the leeway for a single filing, but it gives you know you the leeway to uh, maybe navigate away from certain detrimental aspects of forming a corporate tax group, like there is a joint and several liability. Okay, if you are looking at some merger and acquisition activity in the future where you want to sell off one of these entities, then removing out of the corporate tax group and then hiving off, uh, you know, to a different a company as such could be a very complicated affair. So, uh, means the best from a compliance side could be the corporate tax group where you have one return filing and a possibly one set of audited financial statements, but a little step down to that is the concept of qualifying group that if you have losses in uh, one entity, you will be able to offset against the other. Excellent. Um, some really good points there. Uh, this is a subject actually like most of these subjects where we could probably talk for a really long time, but unfortunately we've got a a fairly limited amount of time and we're coming to the end of that now so um i think we've covered a lot and i don't i don't think there's anything else i want to desperately want to um say i don't know if there's any final comments you want to make ashish before we close up sure brian i think uh, we have covered uh, most of the aspects which are related to that of the corporate tax group but uh, you know my uh, I mean, the closing statement to the audience is that that while this is a kind of a benefit provided more so from the compliance perspective, but if if uh, you know you are a vibrant group and you have several uh, businesses, uh, uh, you know, with common shareholding meeting that kind of a criteria, even if you uh, you know, fulfill the criteria of shareholding, there could be certain other aspects which should be evaluated right at the start. And, and uh, you know, the reason that we are also trying to put it out and using the word that it has to be evaluated right at the start because your registration application on the FTA portal may differ if you want to go for a corporate tax group or no. Fortunately, for the perspective of the second concept, which is the qualifying group, there is no separate application that needs to be made to FTA to offset the losses within the same qualifying group. But if you want to form a corporate tax group, it is an application. And as we all know, that uh, 1st of June 2023 is not far away. You may have some leeway in terms of your financial year, uh, uh, you know, starting 
uh, 1st of January 2024, but still you may need to register in the next few months. Excellent. Thanks, Ashish. Some, some excellent uh, closing remarks there and, and a reminder very in, in great summary um, just to get on with things. People really need to, to start addressing all of these things. Right, so we are at the end of uh, our time. Uh, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, as I mentioned at the start, this is the most recent in a series of, of articles and podcasts on the new corporate tax. You can find all the articles and the podcasts on our website. So look out for them and look out for upcoming articles and podcasts. So until next time, uh, goodbye and thank you very much for listening in. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.